Welcome to Teed Up with Andy Rosenberg. I'm your host, Andy Rosenberg. I'd like to give a shout out to the chords G, D, and C on the guitar because they're free to use and I'm not going to get sued for including them in this first episode of the podcast. So what is Teed Up? Truth be told, I'm not entirely sure yet. I've been telling everyone it's as if Larry David of Pyramid Enthusiasm and Bill Simmons of the Bill Simmons Podcast had a baby, and the outcome was Frank Costanza. I want every listener to come on a journey with me as we learn more about ourselves through conversation with one another. Let's put down the Twitter fingers for a change. Stop looking at the Instagram stories and just speak to one another as the human beings that we actually are. Oh yeah, and let's enjoy some tea. I love tea. I'm drinking my favorite green tea as we speak. Macho tea. Tea for dudes. It's freaking amazing. Why don't you grab a cup of your favorite tea while you listen, and let's get started. So startup life is tough, but guess what? Life outside of the startup world is tough too. If there's one expression that gets under my skin, well, let's face it. There are many expressions that get under my skin. But if there's one in particular, it's, it's not personal, it's business. I want to live a happy life with my family, and that becomes my main priority. That being said, I still want to succeed. I want to make money. But wealth has taken on a whole new meaning for me. So how do we figure out what wealth means for you, for your career, for your family? Look. The blueprint in figuring out how to do all this is hard to read. I don't know. Let's try to help each other as best as we can. So with Teed Up, I'm hoping not just to speak to entrepreneurs and people in the startup community about their war stories, but really anyone who has set goals, accomplished some, failed at others, and maybe looking to improve their personal and professional life each and every day. And guess what? That makes the audience really anyone. Because we're all there. We all want to figure out the best way to go about life and get the most out of it. So while we're building companies, building families, really trying to figure out how do we make this all work and put it all together and alleviate the stress and stay calm, well, there's one thing that really needs to remain constant in your life. Don't forget to have fun while doing it. And what better way to have fun than to play video games? So I spent a fair amount of time in the gaming industry, and that's why something like Fortnite comes around and completely blows my mind. If you are living under a rock, don't play video games, or both, you may have been able to distance yourself from the phenomenon that is Fortnite. But if you are a fan of Drake, professional athletes, have kids, are a grown-up kid, yourself like I am, or watch literally any mainstream news publication, at this point, you've probably at least seen Fortnite pop up once or twice. But you may not 100% understand what it is. So for those not in the know, what is Fortnite? At its core, it's a battle royale type experience, very similar to the Hunger Games with a fun, crazy comic graphical presentation that makes it a little bit less scary than the Hunger Games, um, and extremely fun and addicting. Anyone who has played it more than a few times would probably describe it, uh, for lack of a better term, as crack. While Fortnite is split into two modes, one in which you fight off a zombie apocalypse through base building, for our conversation today, 
I'm going to primarily focus on the aforementioned Battle Royale portion. I chose to discuss Fortnite because there are a lot of things that the team over at Epic Games are doing that really can relate to anyone building a lean startup. Additionally, as a marketer who has worked in the gaming space, as I mentioned, I'm just fascinated by every single right step this team is doing across so many levels. It's hard for me to put into words. So to help me do that, I brought in Alex Taub, CEO and founder of Social Rank, the easiest way to identify, organize, and manage your audience on social media. Alex, fellow builder of things, and not just bases in Fortnite, please deal with my corny jokes and references. Uh, you'll learn to love them or hate them. That's what the T is here for. But Alex has also built successful business development pipelines and startup teams. He's also a dad of two years. With both of us being in our 30s and unable to probably ever kick this gaming habit, I turned to Alex to help me discuss why we are fascinated by Fortnite, what it means to anyone building a startup, its marketing potential, and more. We're here in the Social Rank HQ. Who just barely missed getting a victory royale. And uh, do you want a couple minutes to, to vent? Do you want to talk about what you could have done better? You know, how you want to throw your phone out the window right now? Nah, I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, with my result considering I was half playing, half talking to you. Awesome. Well, I love your positive outlook, and uh, on that note, let's just dive right into it. So, Fortnite, you know, I think it is this thing that most of America knows about at this point, um, but what I want to really focus on for this conversation, we can kind of go over all the accolades, all the amazing things that the team over at Epic Games has been able to accomplish in a really short amount of time, but I'd like to really focus on what someone who's working in a lean startup environment can take away from the rise and success and overall domination of Fortnite right now when it comes to gaming. So I, I, I would actually disagree that I don't think most people know what Fortnite is. I think uh, they're starting to learn what it is, but I think that for the most part, um, it's like the younger people know what it is. I don't think older people have any idea what it is. I think it's still like early on, even though the, they make a lot of money and they have a lot of active users. I think uh, most people just know it as a game that people like to play, but they don't really know what it is and the, the sort of understand the game dynamics or even that it is a game. It's interesting that you say that, you know, especially we're two guys in our 30s, you know, we thought our video game days were long behind us and then this... I never thought that. <laughs> and then this beast, you know, called Fortnite comes out and kind of disrupts the whole industry. And, you know, I think you're right in the sense that this is only the beginning. Uh, there's a much wider base. And talk about how your experiences, you know, as a father, you know, to a two-year-old who could be playing, you know, any day. Uh, she's not ready for it yet. She's, she's She still, will be. She's still too young. And no, but she does like games, and she likes playing games, whether it's, like, you know, physical games or, or digital games. I think uh, I think just back to your first question, which was like, you know, they're sort of lean. They keep uh, iterating, it seems every day, every week. Um, I think it's a few things that are interesting. One is the cross-platform uh, ability. So I play, you know, don't make fun of me, but I play on, on my phone. Um, we have an Xbox in the office. I don't have one at home. I don't have a PC set He's up. building a startup. But I, I like playing on the phone, 
it's fun and my, my hand gets numb after playing for a little bit and stuff like that, but, but it's really enjoyable and the gameplay for mobile is insane. I've never seen a game uh, that, you know, dynamic on the phone. Um, but I play on my phone. Kazi from my team, he plays on his, his uh, desktop. Um, I know people that play on their Xbox or their PS or, or now their Switch. So I think that um, the, the ability to play with friends, depending no matter what device they're on, is one of the unique things that they've done really well and that I think a lot of other people will start copying in terms of gameplay across platform. Because the way I sort of describe what Fortnite is to people is I say that, you know, it's, it's some of the best games all mushed into one. You've got the sort of shoot-em-up shoot game, which is like, you could say Halo, Call of Duty, so, or like first-person shooter to some degree. Then you've got like the Battle Royale, which is like Super Smash Brothers, which is everyone, you know, from our generation's favorite game growing up. Uh, so every, every man, woman for themselves. And then um, you've got a little bit of Minecraft, which is the building, the fort aspect of Fortnite. Um, so being able to build and build, you know, structures and things like that. And then you sort of mix it all together with a little bit of Hunger Games, which is like the storm sort of pushing everyone into a centralized location. So you're dropped into this island and there's resources there and you have to sort of harvest the resources, whether it's guns, ammo, you know, shield, health, etc. And uh, the goal is to be the last person standing or last group standing. And the, the fact that they have so many different types of gameplay. So the basic ones, obviously, solo, duo, and squad. Solo, 1v99, you know, duos, you know, 50 groups of two, and then squad, 25 groups of four, um, are, are awesome because they're, you know, you can play by yourself, but you can also play with friends. And then on top of that, you know, seems like every few weeks they have a new version, a limited edition version, whether it's, you know, explosives only or Thanos. You know, the Thanos integration, that was cool. Um, you know, they, they have one right now, which is like five groups of 20. They did 50 v 50. Uh, they've done um, just uh, snipers, like sniper shootout. So there's all these cool different versions that get people excited. On top of that, they also had like uh, a lot of um, in-game sort of updates. So they, you know, when you play, it's free if you want to play. But then you buy a battle pass and you get to sort of get all these different cosmetic things. So like whether it's outfits or whether it's dances, that's a very popular part of it, the, the emotes. So, you know, you get a few dances for free and then you can you can buy different dances. Um, and it's fun because like you can use the dance in like sort of like the waiting game when you're waiting to start the game. But also like when you go and you kill somebody, one of the unique parts of it is like, let's say we're, it's a 1v99, I'm in the solo version and I kill you. Right away I know you're watching me. So if, for those who have never played before, when you kill someone in the game, they start uh, spectating you once once you kill them. So one of the popular things that people do is like they start dancing after or whatever once they get a kill, and it's sort of like you know being I don't know what the word is, but you know you're sort of being a brat to some degree to the kid because it's probably a 15 year old kid that just killed. I mean, that's the interesting thing about the whole experience, and I know from playing in squads of 30 plus year olds, but having a 10 year old who's there to wipe up where a 30 year old can't, maybe because the, we're, we're a little bit slower at times, I don't know. Uh, it's a fascinating dynamic, and you know what I'd love to explore a little bit, so obviously you're 
not playing yet with your daughter, but describe to me how you use Fortnite within your own team, both for team building, but also just to kind of break through maybe the stress that comes through of working uh, night and day on a startup. Yeah, sure. Um, it's funny, my co-founder and I, we used to play Call of Duty, uh, zombie mode, uh, you know, at lunchtime or at the end of the day, because uh, it's actually really good at team building, communication, being able to talk to, you know, hey, you know, watch my back, I'm going in, or whatever. Um, we played less of that, but, and, and my co-founder doesn't play Fortnite, but what Kazi from my team does, and... Shout out to Kazi. Shout out to Kazi. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I think it's more for... I think these games do help with team building. It's just like going out for whether it's, you know, bowling or, or uh, you know, as a team or whether it's, you know, playing uh, paintball or whatever as a team. There's aspects of communication and, and leadership and this and that that you need. But in the end of the day, it's just fun. Um, we're not doing it specifically for, you know, team building, but it's fun. You know, at lunch, Kazi and I will get in the game. The game could be... Two minutes if you die right away, and you know, twenty-five minutes if you, if you, you make it through. So, um, yeah, they're fun. I, I, it's it's a fun game, uh, but I think uh, there are aspects of teamwork and leadership and this and that. But I don't think too much on that. I mean, at the end of the day, finding twenty minutes to squeeze in some fun never hurts anyone, yeah. and and it's a great thing. Uh, and the fact that you touched upon it—that it's available on all platforms right now, Xbox, PS4, Switch, your phone, iOS right Android's now, coming summer. Android's coming, uh, really just has blown the doors wide open to where you can play, who you can play with, and I think accessibility is like a key takeaway for me with Fortnite, um, which every... What do you say, the stability? Accessibility. Oh, accessibility. Also, I would also say the stability. It's pretty, it's pretty damn crazy how much they've grown and how stable the this is where I'm going to have to admit that I am a big fan of PUBG, and I play on Xbox, and shout out to Boohole, shout out to Microsoft, but please get the stability there, because Fortnite is just night and day, you know, it runs like butter, uh, and I'm jealous, you know, I need to put more time into Fortnite right now, uh, as Alex has, you know, teased me about at the moment, but... This is all awesome. You know, what I think is really interesting also, and you talked about this, Alex, and how quickly they are able to add updates to the game. Essentially, their team, you know, is... I don't know if they sleep. I, well, exactly. I don't know if they're sleeping, but these are, like, weekly sprints to well, get new content into yeah. the game. So I think, the I think they built, like, the infrastructure to do this really nicely, and I think they've also masked uh, software updates with new features which I guess everyone does, you have new features, but they've done it in a really unique way, in a really great way to like, for example, if they have a new, uh, they recently released like um, carts, so you could push someone in the cart, it's fun. Um, and, and that uh, brought me back to my jackass uh, viewing moments of the yeah, day. There's some funny videos of people in carts on Reddit, in the, in the, in the Fortnite uh, subreddit, but, um, Anyway, the the update came with hey you gotta you gotta you know update the version of this at least on mobile phone where where apps that struggle to get people to update software you literally can't use it um, if you don't update software so I guess they found a really unique way to positive like you're excited to update it if you're yeah. gonna get the new stuff when a new patch um, is coming out 
you don't think of the bug fixes, you think of the new content. Yeah, you don't think of like the, oh, I gotta download this. It's like, no, I, I want to download this. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just iterating really fast. Uh, you know, you take someone like, uh, you compare this to something like, uh, you know, a game phenomenon like Pokemon Go from, you know, last summer or the summer before, I can't remember when it started, but um, they were slow. Yeah. And there were a lot of issues and they couldn't handle and this and that. It seems like it's literally the opposite for, you know, Fortnite team, Epic Games, etc. I think there's a lot of takeaways from the Pokemon Go experience, which the Epic team uh, made sure to prepare themselves for. So they were lucky. One thing that's really interesting to me also with Fortnite uh, is that it recognized, you know, around 2014 that the game was being built, uh, that games as a service, uh, I like to call it gas, uh, was becoming the industry trend. And that is something that I think is going to influence a lot of games going forward. We're not dealing anymore with you pay 60 bucks for a rather gated experience like a Call of Duty or just an annual update. And I love FIFA and I love Madden and hello to anyone from EA listening. Um, but to me, you know, they've built this system where they can operate and put in new features without being worried or tied to uh, putting up a paywall, for example. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit more about that. You know, I, I think you bought the battle pass, yeah, right? Yeah, no, we were talking about before. Yeah. I, um, I was playing enough that I was like, all right, I want this to continue and I want to support these people. So, you know, it's like 10 bucks for the battle pass. Just made a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, people buying cosmetics, people buying dances, all that, you know, different pieces uh, that don't have a, you know, uh, competitive advantage, even though that's like a running joke. Because, like, you can do, like, for example, if it's at night and you have a dark outfit on, it's very easy to hide. So I do think there is an advantage to that. But well, let's say you buy that there is no, co you know, cosmetics don't give it an advantage. I think just being able to, you know, like, they call people that don't have cosmetics and no skin in the game, and they make fun of no skins. Like, I can't, can't think of a better business model where if you don't pay for it, you get, you know, you feel bad in the game about it. Peer pressure is a hell of a, of a motivator. Yeah, and then some people, like, make jokes that, like, like I know people who have the battle pass but, but play as a no skin because people think they're not good. So, like, it's their way to trick people. Like, they're really good, but they, like, don't have a skin to, like, you know, hide their their level. So uh, what I'm saying is they've, they've, they've built a really great model around sort of, uh, I mean, to some degree, they're, they're uh, their own currency, the V-Bucks. They, they've built, uh, you know, their own, their own cryptocurrency. To some, no, it's not. No, you know, you know what? I was waiting for you to bring up crypto because... It's, but it's not decentralized, so it's, it's centralized. You've got a, a owner so, of it. So it's better. Uh, no, it's just not different than anything else out there. It's not, uh, whatever. Anyway, the, the point of the matter is, is that, um, I think, I think they've, they really perfected the model in terms of iterating and making it worthwhile for you to continue to buy stuff. And that's why every month they're making more and more money. So what's interesting too about that is this battle royale mode, uh, came after a PVE base building game. You know, originally the inspiration behind Fortnite was to take elements from games such as Left 4 Dead and Minecraft and combine them together uh, with a game that would 
you know, you have to pay for in a traditional sense. Uh, so seeing the success of other games such as H1Z1 uh, and PUBG, for example, um, Fortnite decided to pivot into a PvP Battle Royale game, uh, which is much more popular uh, than the initial vision. Talk to me about this shift to Battle Royale and how startups uh, can recognize and learn from their own early software uh, to make it better for their audiences and, and give them what they want. Yeah, so I'm not like 100% familiar with the origins. Uh, I only started playing, I think it was maybe after Drake tweeted about it. Um, Drake I, and Ninja have done I wonders think, for I think, Fortnite. I think that was uh, the greatest example of influencer marketing in the last few years. For uh, for me, it was Juju Shuster-Smith. Oh, yeah. I was, I was blown away, and I thought it was a paid tweet, promoted tweet, and I, I hit up a uh, former colleague at Epic, and he said, no, this was all organic, and it just skyrocketed And then once you play, you realize why they're talking about it. But um, in terms of uh, pivots, I mean, you know, listen, you, it seems like they built a great infrastructure, and then everything from there is sort of gravy to figure out exactly what resonates with people. So they probably saw that pieces of what they were doing was working and pieces weren't. And they started taking some of the best features of a lot of different things. And, and, you know, obviously they made some magic. So I think, you know, as a startup person, you're always trying to understand, you know, what, what, what your customers, what your market's telling you. Um, you know, it's very rare for someone to know what the people want before they want it themselves. I mean, you know, there's a whole, like, you know, Steve Jobs didn't want to do, you know, uh, didn't ask like customers what they wanted. He showed them that, and he's he was a special person. Um, I don't think you need to do necessarily like uh, you know focus groups. I'm not saying I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying it's more of like understanding how the pro- product is being used and how uh, you can make it better. You and I uh, both have worked with major brands. Uh, we have a lot of experience doing business development, trying to work on partnerships that we think could grow our audiences. You know, we talked about the Thanos partnership. Uh, that's incredible to, to get, to strike upon the success of Marvel Avengers uh, and, and hit that release the same week. Uh, what is your perspective on how Fortnite has approached partnerships and where they could go with this uh, and how that will help them grow the game and bring it to a bigger audience? Yeah, I think I think the Thanos one was really great. Um, I played it a bunch uh, as Thanos and as trying to beat Thanos, and um, yeah, I think uh, you know it, was, it just made sense. You know, it was it was a really smart, like really great. You know, I read a little bit about like how it came to be, and it just was, it just made sense. Came to be, from what I understand, the directors was, were the playing. Down. Yeah, it was top down. It was basically <laughs> the directors were playing on set. They just, called and they're like, we got to do something. Um, you know, I saw some other stuff they did with Lyft and this and that. I think, I think their biggest opportunity, not necessarily around partnerships, but around like branded stuff. Like I think if you could buy like Yeezy shoes, for sure, you'd buy them. Shout out to Kanye West. Uh, <laughs> Kids see ghosts. I'm a big fan. I'm warming up on Ye. All right. I'm, I'm warming up there. Um, I agree hundred like, percent. If you could buy that, if you could buy Nike stuff, you know that you know. I think like sport related, like or or whatever related uh, apparel could be really cool. I think um, 
yeah, I just think those type of things could be great enhancements. I think, um, you know, I don't know. I just, there's so much that they could do that wouldn't ruin it. Like if I could buy Nike stuff on it, like, like it wouldn't be a sponsor. Like, I feel like they share the revenue with like apparel companies. No one's, it's not like an advertisement. It's like you're advertising on behalf of them. You know, a good example of this, you know, 2K has done a really good job with this, with NBA 2K, the franchise. You're buying Air Jordans already inside of it using their virtual currency. So the, the model is there, but with Fortnite, I mean, people have already shown such a willingness to spend V-Bucks uh, already that I agree with you 100%. That it's just, as a marketer, it is so exciting for me to see how a game can bring in new brands, but do so in a way that's seamless and doesn't feel forced, which is what they've done so far and what they're going to do in the future. Yeah. Back in 2009, I, I worked with social gaming companies on Facebook, and you know Zynga did an incredible job back then, but a major problem with social gaming at the time, you, know, you were forced to, to buy in-game items to progress. Uh, Fortnite has completely stayed away from that. You know, it, it, it's you are on the same playing field whether you spend $0 or $100. And I think, you know, that's really what we're going to see in the future. They just added an aspect of envy around it. So Describe like, envy. Well, because, like, it, it was, like, when you see that guy in that really cool outfit or you see the guy in the Omega suit or whatever, you're, like, you want to power up. You want to get more V-Bucks to be able to buy that. And... Um, you know, you're keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, it's it's less of like, oh, you gotta pay to continue. It's like, no, you can continue, but like, do you really want to look like this when you continue? No, you want to look cooler. You wanna you wanna have the latest dance. You wanna have the latest outfit. You wanna have the latest you know pickaxe that you start with. So, yeah, I think it's like one of those things where they realized um, that then you know it's one of those seven deadly sins. I have a. Uh... The right. season three orange spacesuit, so I'm probably being made fun of at this point. Yeah, the early stuff becomes like relics, you know, and like they're like, oh, this is OG, this guy's good, like don't land near this person, he's really awesome. Now they haven't created a secondary market yet for buying outfits. No, PUBG has. So oh. in PUBG on PC, from what I know, uh, you can go and buy different outfits. Uh, so that's a different monetization model. Uh, I don't want to get too heavy into monetization models because I think we've seen what making free to, Fortnite free-to-play has done. Uh, you know, it's grossing, I think, $175 million in April. I, I could pull up the stats right now. It's, it's making millions across yeah. a day, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, it's nice to see, you know, waiving that entry, uh, that, that entry-level fee, right, to get in. Uh, has done wonders and you know I hope this serves as an example for startups that are putting out software for free you know in the age of putting things behind paywalls and the subscription model uh, there's a way to get huge LTV out of a customer uh, by just developing a awesome awesome experience Do you want to touch a little bit more on that based on you know your role in developing uh, products over time? Yeah, I think, I think I mean, you hit it on, on the head. I think it's, um, you know, games have historically been pay-gated, pay and whether it was back in the arcade games or Nintendo having to buy first the system, then the games, and with the mobile phone, you know, I think they realized, I mean, it's not that different than 
you know, a game like Pokemon Go, where you play and you can buy stuff in to enhance. But the main difference is you buy stuff with Pokemon Go, you get a competitive advantage. So this is more like novel in the sense where you don't get a competitive advantage, but you get to look cooler, be cooler, etc. So I think um, I think we'll see how it goes. I think other people are going to try it. I don't know. I don't know what else it would work for, but I think um, you know, good for them, man. You know, it, it's interesting to me with Pokemon Go. I think a lot of it relied on this fascination with augmented reality, and that to me hasn't taken off. No, I am I, not I don't sold. Think anyone, I mean, I think that it was the report, like journalists who thought that was it. Right. I think it was just the nostalgia of Pokemon. I think had a huge base baked in already. The people who liked the game didn't play anymore, didn't want to carry around a Game Boy, and had their phones. It didn't help that kids were literally going into the road and looking for Pokemon, and, and there were issues sure, there. Sure, but like I think the reason for the popularity was not being a great game, but having a great IP. Sorry to my friends who work over at Niantic. Uh, no, I, I think, I mean, listen, they've yeah. come a long way. They're doing still really well. No, I 100% agree. And, and looking at the rise of Fortnite, it's not relying on what I look at still very much right now as a gimmick in AR, uh, VR. Uh, it's relying on fun, as you put it. You know, there is not a huge secret sauce, although I'm sure there are many people in the war room right now at Epic who are creating that secret sauce. But at the end of the day, it's just fun to play. It's quick. You get in. Uh, you don't have to worry about a huge time investment. And you as a founder of a startup, you as a father, you know, how important is it for you to be able to jump into a game and jump out and back into real life? No, that's good. I mean, I've, I've really tried to only play at night before I'm going to bed. Um, if I don't, then I get sucked in and I just keep wanting to play and get those like dopamine hits and just want to keep going. How's your wife feel about being um, playing before sleep? Well, I fall asleep a lot later than she does, so <laughs> okay. it usually is okay. Um, although the bright, because I play on my phone, it's in bed and I put my headphones on. I don't do any of the talking to other people then. I'll, I'll use in-game like communication. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, uh... I'm definitely trying to scale back uh, like the amount of time I'm playing. Uh, I also have like a job to do and a life to live, uh, but I enjoy but it. You have victory royales yeah, to win. I, I you know I need I need the mobile thing. I think I would play more if I understood where I was ranking on in terms of mobile players. They haven't really released the stats on mobile, um, so I think maybe that would help. But yeah, I mean I enjoy playing. It's fun. I try to play one of each version before I go to bed could be like, you know, two minutes or 20 minutes each. So yeah, I'm getting to bed and then I'm playing for like, maybe like an hour or less and then falling asleep. So gaming is healthy is what you're saying. I love gaming. I, I mean, I've always loved gaming. I, 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 you know, I play arcade games. Uh, our office used to be next to uh, Barcade. So we used to go there for lunch a lot uh, as a team and like play some games. Um, I've always loved gaming and, and games and, uh, you know, play, play a bunch of FIFA. Uh, yeah, I've always just been a, a big game fan and this is just a great game. You know, you talked about Drake. 
we saw Drake take on Ninja. I know Fortnite just did a pro-am with many celebrities and many athletes. Speak to me about how the rise of influencers, and I, I, I've spent a fair amount of time dealing with gaming influencers, so I have plenty to say on this, uh, but how the role of both athletes and streamers on YouTube and Twitch have led to the success of Fortnite. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I first heard about Fortnite when I saw Ninja and Drake playing together. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know what it was. I heard, I saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I really wonder what it is. I watched it on Twitch a little bit. I thought, I was like, oh, this is a crazy game. Uh, then I was at a dinner a few days later with someone who had access to the beta, and he, like, added me. So I, I think it's I think it's it's awesome uh, when you know celebrities play. I think I think you know having this as a model for other people, like oh, if you get celebrities playing, it's gonna you know what you know why celebrities are playing because it's a great effing game because it's and, authentic and but it but it's a great game. Yeah. The, the content they put out is authentic because it's a great game. So it solves all your problems. Build a great game and it solves all your problems with promotion and stuff. People will hear about you. People know about it. So, like, maybe you can get celebrities to post about your, or influencers to post about your not great game. But, like, I mean, it's sort of simple, but it, it's also reality. It's like, if you build a good game, like, people will play. And I can speak to that, you know, having worked on a startup called Rooster, where we worked with gaming influencers uh, who we asked to play mobile games. You know, not every game was authentic to their channel. Fortnite is this ubiquitous experience because it's fun. Uh, that plays so well, whether you're Drake, whether you're Ninja, you know, whether you're Alex Taub and Andy Rosenberg, we all have fun playing with it. And at the end of the day, you know, I think the real takeaway for me is build products that are fun. Yeah, I mean, it's also a skill-based game. So it's like, it's not random, it's not chance. It's, it, you see Ninja play and you're like, holy moly, this guy is really, really good. Like, you're watching, like, Ronaldo or, like, LeBron of Fortnite in his prime, you know, just going on and playing and mowing down 13 people in, like, 20 minutes. So, it's just one of those things where I think, you know, that's a big excitement around it is people that are really good, whether it's Ninja or Myth or someone like that, where they're just, like, it's really amazing to watch them. We're both huge sports fans. You know, I think we've changed somewhat of our Twitter back and forth from sports heavy talk to Fortnite heavy talk do you how much of a role do you think Fortnite uh and, and these type of games are going to play in your consumption of media going forward as you get older yeah i think game games like Fortnite are, are fun escapes in general but also potentially great you know networking etc this and that so i think like you know, i wouldn't be you know we've done fifa you know, uh, tournaments with a bunch of, you know, buddies where you'd all go to some office and play FIFA. I think you came to one of them. Yep. Um, so, like, why not, you know, Fortnite, similar thing. Now you don't need to be in the same room as the person because you can be on any device. So I think it's just, it's a more, it's more social gaming, which I think is unique. So, um... So when are you hiring, uh, based on squad performance? Not anytime soon. All right, so here you go. You have an honest answer. Uh, we're not yet challenging VCs for their capital, uh, whether they beat us or not in Fortnite. We're looking to participate in a really fun time. 
uh, maybe blow off a little bit of stress and raise our ranking and get some of those victory royales. Alex, thanks so much for your time. Thanks uh, for having me. Absolutely, anytime. And I will see you uh, in Fortnite. I'll see you on, in the... What are they going to call it? Uh, it's Battlefield? See you in the Battlefield. All right. All right. Thanks for joining me today on Teed Up. I want to thank our guest, Alex Taub, CEO of Social Rank, for his very insightful commentary on Fortnite. Man, this thing is just blowing up, and I do not know where it's going to go, but I know it's going to be even more successful uh, as time goes by. And I cannot wait to see how many Fortnite costumes are out there this Halloween, because I just saw that they did a deal with the Halloween stores to have costumes in place. And it's just one more example of how we are going to be seeing Fortnite not only on our TVs, but in the real world. That's all for today. Uh, Come back whenever you'd like. And thanks for enjoying some tea with me.